Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Just before we get started, a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cobabble. Cobabble is a technology platform that aims to help you digitize and digitalize your business. Simple to use, massively powerful, and guaranteed to bring your paper-based archaic processes into the digital age. Cobabble leverages the smart device technology already in your employees' hands to help streamline processes, share information, as well as educate and train your workforce. Whether you have paper-based checklists, forms, or audits that need digitizing, are looking for a better way to communicate with your teams, need to train them on the go, or are looking to replace your existing system with one that is far more cost-effective, Cobabble is the tool for you. Check out cobabble.com for more information, to request a demo, or sign up for your free trial. Cobabble, your digitization partner. Okay, and let's get on with it. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Swing the Knees. I'm really happy to have in the virtual studio this week, Brendan, who we're going to have a chat to about his career so far. Hi, Brendan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, very well indeed, and looking forward to having a chat with you after um, looking through all of the stuff that you've done so far. Um, It's pretty impressive, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to having that chat with you and sharing with our listeners your journey, really, in terms of what you've done and and where you've got to. So as with all our guests, what I like to do to begin with is say, take us back in time, uh, Brendan, as far as you'd like to from a career perspective, just in terms of where you started out, why this particular career, uh, and then we'll get up to date as to how we got to here in the UAE. Cool. Okay, well, first off, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Going back, oh, wow, that's quite far. So... um, Let's go right back. Uh, I originally actually went to London College of Fashion and studied fashion design from about the age of 16 to 18. Um, that's important because I grew up in the countryside in like farmlands. So it was a big city, you know, it was a big step at the age of 16 to move out and live on your own and live in this crazy city compared to this little town where everybody knew each other. Um, and I was walking through Covent Garden one week and I looked through the window of Pineapple Dance Studios, which is one of the biggest art studios in the UK. And I saw all these um, incredible dancers sweating away in the studio. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, I really want to try this. Um, and fast forward, I, I went and did a few classes. I was terrible. and <laughs> But I loved it. So I, I just kept going. I kept going. And um, short version is I then went and studied at the Laban Center in Greenwich in London, which is like a conservatoire for ballet and contemporary dance, and became a dancer. Uh, that led into a long career as a dancer. I traveled the world. I learned a million different styles from all around the most incredible people across the world in America and Europe and Asia, and then obviously also in the UK. Um, I'm going to fast forward because that's not the bit that kind of leads on to where I am today. So I was a dancer for about 10 years, very successful. I was a guy in the dance world, which at the time was relatively rare. So mm-hmm. even if I wasn't the best dancer in the world, I was going to get work because I was a guy. So it's great. <laughs> you know, absolutely amazing. Um, and then around 30 years old, I am... Um, got an injury of my shoulder. I was also training as a fitness model back then and I'm skinny now, but I was bigger then. And um, I, I caused an injury to my shoulder and it was like, in my head, it was like alarm bells. I need to stop dancing. You know, mm. It's my body's way of telling me I'm done. You know how it works. And then ironically, I tried to train as a life coach and went on my own life coaching journey. 
um, and did like these long weekends where you get locked away in a room with 200 people and you have these breakthroughs and revelations and you're like, oh my God, my life is so crazy. And um, short versions, I came out of that going, no, I, I don't want to quit dancing. I love, I love the arts. I love the creativeness. But I don't want to dance anymore. You know, at the age now where I'm competing with 21 year olds in auditions and yeah. thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> so I realized at that point, I'd always been a creative. I'd always been choreographing, teaching and running companies as a dancer. Um, so I was like, I'm going to really give it a go as a choreographer. Um, and I still to this day say that's where my career started. And uh, so I went crazy. You know what it's like after you go on these life coaching courses, you are so driven and so determined and motivated. I must have emailed five, six hundred different people. Uh, I think I got about three replies in England. <laughs> and um, there was this one agency uh, called Love Rude. They've changed their name now, run by a guy named Stuart Bishop, um, who's a very good friend of mine now. But he literally took me under his wing, gave me like a three page list of things to do. Me being me, went away and did it in like a week, came back to him and he was like, wait, you've done all of it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he was, I want to bring you on. And so he brought me on his agency. And, you know, from there, I oh God, I worked with, oh, I need to like look at the list, but I know Renault, Panasonic, uh, Sam Smith, Rod Stewart, Normani, Rick Ashley, uh, Riton, Nissan, ITV, Island Records, BBC. There, there's a long list. You know, as a choreographer, I suddenly, my career went from zero to a hundred in a very short space of time. Um, and I, and I got a class teaching at Panaford Art Studios for like 10 years straight. So no way. the thing that started the, yeah, it's really crazy. And it was weird because when I had an interview with him first time, I said, he goes, what do you want? I said, I just want to teach at Panaford Art Studios. That's all I want. <laughs> my, my expectations were low. And, um, yeah, I got that in like three weeks. <laughs> so it was like, wait, what's going on? Um, and then from there, so kind of rewind again is I've always played with cameras. So from the age of like mm. 24, I think I asked for a camera for a birthday once and it was purely to take pictures and video of dancing. And I got obsessed with cameras as well. So on the sideline, I was always playing with cameras, filming, editing, photography, that sort of thing. So at some point in my career, and I'm not quite sure where, because I was working on so many film sets, um, I learned a lot just by doing that. I started to create my own stuff and started to get little directing jobs. And now I get bigger directing jobs. So my actual career title is creative choreographer and director, because I, I, I also have many other hats as well. But well, I was going to say, because on your website, there's a long <laughs> oh. list of things across the top of yes. all of the different things that you do. And that's where yeah. I was like, whoa, you do a lot. Especially, I mean, they're yeah. all connected, but you do a lot. Yeah, well, it's just the thing. And it's funny. It, it's In England, it's a detriment. So here, it's, it's a good thing. So yeah. I've always found, I'll, I'll get onto that side, but. I've always found in England that when you say you can do three things to a high level, they don't quite believe you. They want someone who's a specialist in one thing. Whereas here they go, oh, great. So you can also do this. So yeah. And actually it will be cheaper to just hire me to do all of it than hire three people to do it. So well, I'm sure we'll get to all of that. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I started to just direct stuff, obviously predominantly dance stuff because that's kind of my niche. And since then it's faded out into a lot of stuff because creativity is a thing that I'm good at, I think my brain's a little bit crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've never been tested, but I'm pretty sure I've got ADHD to a certain level. So I get really obsessed by things. So when I want to learn something, I, I lose myself for weeks on end to right. learn well. And it's always born from a, an element of not wanting to. <laughs> so if I need to learn how to market and do Facebook and Instagram marketing, I, I think I spent about two or three weeks studying it to the highest level. And now I get jobs 
helping people do Facebook and Instagram marketing from creating the video to the pitch, to the tagline, to actually putting it on the system and targeting for them and everything. So a lot of my stuff comes from needing to know it for my business. And then suddenly people go, oh, you're good at that. I'm like, no, I'm just obsessive. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so uh, cut, cut the version short is in the UK, I was predominantly a choreographer and a teacher. And I was directing little things here and there and you know, done lots of stuff. And then COVID hit, mm. which I'm sure is a, a big story on your podcast for the last it, it, however long. It is for every, everybody that we've talked to and, 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 yeah. and moving into this format because, of course, nobody planned for that. <sighs> And, uh, yeah, and no. especially for, I guess, your kind of business. Um, yeah, yeah. It must have been a- the entertainment industry got hammered. Mm. Everything shut down instantly. So I was actually, weirdly enough, I knew, we knew about obviously COVID was happening in certain places around the world. No one took it massively seriously. I was in Thailand at the time because right. I had the busiest year I'd ever had planned for the next six months. I had so much work come. I was like, <gasps> I need to take a break before the work and I've got money coming in. So I'm going to splurge and go and have a really nice holiday um anyway within five days of the holiday the government was saying you know if you're abroad come home and i was like i've got a month booked away i've paid for this hotel and mm-hmm. as much as the hotel were great they were like if you want to stay we'll, we'll do it for like quarter of the price <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> this is really tempting, tempting. And then my, my lovely brother made me see sense that if I actually got sick, the hospital system in the UK is better and so on. So I decided to fight to come home, which involved me getting a flight to Bangkok and waiting to see if I can get on a flight before they stopped flying. And I was there for about 12 hours just right. waiting. And I got a text saying, there's a flight for you. And I came home and then I, I, I feel like I came home to multiple emails of we've had to cancel this job. We've put it on hold. And obviously people were like, okay, it'll only be a few months and then we'll be out of it. <laughs> and so five, six, however many months it was, we came out of it. Things started to pick up again. In England, there was a second lockdown for like uh, about two months. And so everything crashed again, everything gone again. And then again, we came out and, you know, I started to build up connections again and start getting jobs in and funding for things I wanted to create. And then the third lockdown happened and being creative, stuck in a flat in London, which was expensive, but it was a box, you know, so you're, you're crawling the walls. I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't do this anymore. And one of my very good friends who is a choreographer lives out here. Well, he did. He's actually moved, ironically. And I called him and said, you know, I, I need to get out. What's it like in Dubai? And he was like, actually, mate, it's open and they'll love you here because they, they're dying for creatives to come out. So I booked a flight for three days later and just came. Okay. That was the decision. That was and, and I, and I just, yeah. And I just, I haven't left. I can go pop home once to sort out my flat and sell everything and then. Like I haven't left since. Wow. Hi. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, so it's very short oh, version. <laughs> very short version. Yeah. But I appreciate that because it's, it's, um, for, for our listeners, it's that, but that bit that you've just highlighted there. Mm. How, obviously, your personality lends yourself to this. I'm making the decision. I'm doing it and I'm gone. I've, I've done it. You yeah. know, in that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's, it's, try it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do when he landed then? In terms of, or did, did you have anything lined up or what, how did that play, play out? Right. Uh, absolutely zero. So I, my mate didn't realize I was coming. <laughs> so I knocked on his door at like nine o'clock in the morning. And he was like, ah, and he was like, what are you doing here? Doing? We spoke three days ago. I thought we were going to have a conversation about this. I was like, hi, I'm here. I'm crashing at yours tonight. So I was here. Obviously, a lot of my savings were completely depleted. So that's really important to this because, you know, the UK were great. Don't get me wrong. They did 
funds and so on. But in the performing arts industry, as a self-employed one, you know, you pay taxes, but you have a lot of expenses. So even though you're earning X amount, I can claim most things, you know, because I am the product. So therefore I need to, I need clothes, you know, and yeah. most business people can't claim clothes against taxes because you can't argue it. Whereas I go, I'm a dancer. I need dance clothes. I need to look good. Right, right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I got here basically with about three credit cards that had no money on at the moment. Right. <laughs> and so the next day I stayed in the hotel because I didn't want to, you know, stay at my mate's house constantly. It wouldn't be fair on him. And then I found a, a part hotel, I think they call it here, where you can pay monthly and it's, I think it's about 750 pounds. Right. So my brain was still in pounds at that point. There and I, I need to work that out. And I started. I just, I got on the laptop and I got on LinkedIn and I got on the website and I pretty much didn't leave the hotel other than to get like an hour of sun at the pool and just emailed, emailed, emailed. Uh, I think I booked my first job in a week, uh, but it wasn't till the end of the month. And that was filming actually. It was directing uh, for a performing arts academy called Charger Performing Arts Academy, where I now teach as well. So it all connects. Yeah. Um, so I went in as a teacher, started talking about my video work, and my uh, promotional work and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, we need video stuff done. And I was like, well, give me a chance. And they, they quoted me and I was like, yeah, I'll do it for that. And they loved it. And I now pretty much, I do a lot of their video work. Um, so yeah, it kind of just tumbleweeded really quickly because one thing I noticed about here in the UK is in the UK, you might send a hundred emails, you'll get three to five replies. I was getting like out of a hundred emails, getting 30, 40 replies. Yeah. So I felt like here suddenly people wanted to help. They were appreciative of what I can do and they wanted to invite me in for coffees. And I pretty much that first month, I think I was out having three to four coffees a day. Also traveling on the Metro, which for the people that live here, no. Yeah. <laughs> <When> you, <laughs> coming from London, thinking you can jump on the Metro and get anywhere. You know, when I came back the second month, um, I rented a car straight away. <laughs> First thing I did. Because <laughs> I realized an hour on the metro is a 10 to 15 minute drive. And it just the yeah. time is crazy. Um, so yeah, just meetings after meetings after meetings. Let's see, you know, I'm on this agency. I'm on that agency. I'm doing this job. But actually, weirdly enough, the first year here, predominantly I did directing work and cinematography. So I own all the equipment to do cinematography to an extremely high standard. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of work filming and, um, Choreography, not so much, but weird enough, the choreography work is coming in now. I've been getting a lot in the last few months. So I feel like it's, they need a lot of creative camera people, directors, cinematographers here. Whereas choreography, there's, there's a few choreographers here already who are amazing and um, they kind of got the place on lock. So I, I kind of have to wait for them to be away <laughs> or busy <laughs> to kind of jump in and get that work, which is ironic because I came here as a choreographer. Right. but predominantly being a director and cinematographer. So, yeah. And, you know, how, go on. How is that with, with you, you know, in terms of obviously you enjoy doing all of it, but in I your heart of hearts, would you say, well, I, I, I can't wait for more of the choreography stuff to come thing, or actually it's all on an even keel. How does, how do you feel about that? Um, this is a really hard question because I love all of it at different times. Right. And I'll be honest, you know, at the moment, I'm very much, and I feel like I'm, I'm a huge believer in the universe. So I might talk about this a lot, whether people believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I, when I went back, I went to a trip to Italy with my partner, because she lives there. And we went there for two weeks and then we both went to the UK and then came back to Dubai. And I did some dance classes while I was there with old friends and it was like catching up. And, you know, the level of dance in the UK and America, for example, compared to Dubai is a lot higher. Mm -hmm. So I really felt that kind of adrenaline rush you get when you dance and the endorphins. And I was like, oh, I miss this so much. 
So I kind of came back with the mindset of I want to do a lot more choreography work. Ironically, it pays less, <laughs> which is annoying. But, you know, I, I just had this mindset of I want to do that. And since I've got back, I've only been doing choreography work. So I don't know if it's, you know, me pulling in from the universe or yeah. it just happened the way it happened. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I, I do love it equally. But there is no bigger thrill than being in a dance studio or being on set and you physically moving your body because when you physically move your body, you literally release happy hormones. So yeah. there's no feeling like it. But when I look at the screen and I'm filming something crazy awesome, there's no, you get that same rush of like, oh my God, that shot was incredible. And you get home and you can't wait to start editing it or work with the editor depending on the scale of the job. So yeah, I, it's very hard to say. I do love them very much both, but choreography has always been my, you know, I've been in the industry 20 plus years doing choreography and creation. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because I was I, one of the one of the. I mean, I, I can imagine that it is. It's and and I'm a firm believer in the universe as well. Even more so over the last couple of years, I've been drilling down into what yeah. I'm putting out there and what's coming back um, in terms of the, the business side of things. Yeah. Um, but you did. It was. Is it the di- diary of a dancer or the video? The the video. Is it diary? No. Yes. Diary. No. Building a dancer. Building, building a, dancer, a dancer. Sorry, that was it. In his vlog style, style video. Um, yeah. And it was. Um, when I was watching that, I see you have a cameraman. This you're not doing the the the, the camera work itself. So tell me a bit. Mm. So then, what, your role then is director. Is, is that are you director? So yes or no? Um, that's obviously the first feature, first and only feature I've directed. But it didn't start that way. Right. <laughs> so um, basically, I was choreographer, and um, I love from my life coaching days because when I you know, studied life coaching. I was actually training to be a life coach. I wanted to be a life coach. That was my career change. Um, if in case there's no video, I was doing inverted quotes on that. <laughs> it wasn't a life change. It just helped me redirect myself. So I love helping people. I love mentoring people. I love mentoring dancers. And throughout the process, I kind of developed this branding idea of, you know, why don't dancers brand themselves like a business? It makes sense because you are a business. And I had this kind of thought process of, because I used to say, rewind, I ran a dance studio for five years. So I bought a plot of land. I built a dance studio. I ran it for five years and I sold it for a, a good profit. Um, not because I didn't love it, but it felt like a bit of a ball and chain and I wanted to be doing this. It was yeah. pulling me this way and it was always there. So did well, made some money, you know, got myself in a really good place with that. Um, and then, so I had this kind of business idea of how to brand yourself and how I got so much work as a choreographer. So I put out this video on YouTube because basically I wanted to build my social media. You know, back then I was very social media driven because it would bring me a lot of work. Um, so I was like, right, let me build my YouTube channel because that's the one I really want to push. And that's the only real one you can make money from because of the advertising. Yeah. Um, so I put out a, a competition. Hey guys, I'm gonna, I'm looking for one dancer who's an amazing dancer. I'm not going to teach you how to dance, but I'm going to teach you how to brand yourself, uh, network and basically get work. Um, if you're interested, I'll pay for everything. I'll pay for the shoots. I'll pay for the videos. I'll pay for the website. Just you know, leave a comment below. And it went nuts. It went absolutely right. viral and absolutely, yeah, I didn't expect it. It was absolutely crazy. So I was like, okay, what do I do now? Oh, I didn't expect this. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, right. I'm going to do a vlog series. I'm going to pick one dancer and create a weekly vlog of the progress so people can learn from it. And it will be an interesting vlog. So next step was, hey, guys, post something on Instagram. Put a picture of yourself and tell me why you think I should do this for you. So there was like 130 something people um, based on the thousands of people that actually commented. Now that's important because 
dancers and performers are always taught to never admit you're struggling, to always be like smoke and mirrors, I'm doing great, you know, look at me, I'm amazing, I'm in the mind. Right. So they have this kind of mindset from the education system, which I'll get onto. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so the fact that it's 130 dancers admitting, hi, I'm struggling, yeah. was huge. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. So then I whittled it down to 30 dancers that I liked of all different origins and cultures and styles. And so I thought, get them in one room, we'll teach them something and I'll, I'll try and pick one, you know, so got in the room. I invited one of my best friends along who is a cinematographer called James Williams, who is incredible. So if you need one, he's in Portugal at the moment, I think. So yeah, <laughs> if you need him, you're in Europe, give him a shout actually anywhere in the world. And I invited him down with his FS5 at the time. And, you know, after we did the process, we got down to five and then we interviewed those five people to see why they would be perfect or not perfect. At the end of it, he said to me, Brent, this is, this is bigger than a vlog. You, you've got a, you can't, you can't just release this as a vlog. Let's, let's make a movie. And you know me kind of like, wow, <laughs> that, that's a big step. <laughs> so like most businesses, it's, it's, if you, if you make the decision halfway through the process, you then have to backtrack and yeah. that, that came later. But so then we started filming it. And so we eventually picked one dancer. So I had a vlog camera. I had a little Sony 5100 and I gave one to the dancer. And then there was James who had the, the professional camera. So the whole movie is between me vlogging, her vlogging, him with a camera. So the quality change and the microphone and the sound, you know, all the things I know now that I didn't know then, how different we would have done it is crazy. So we did the whole process from restyling her to new photographs, to new video, to new website. And then I taught her how to network and build spreadsheets and databases so you can reach out to people, how to follow up, how to behave when you're at networking events, how to, you name it. Anyway, she then, you know, within, I think, three months, she got a, a year and a half tour with Bodyguard and done a load of jobs. And before this, she was ready to give up and right. move back to Cyprus, where she was from. So, you know, this whole process really, really worked. And then the backtracking part I was talking about is, you know, at the end of the movie, we realized we hadn't got model releases for half the people because we just filmed it as a blog. And then it was all these things we had to go back through and suddenly I became a producer and it was like, oh my God, you know, and I was in it <laughs> and yeah. directing it and editing it all at the same time. And it was a, a very crazy part of my life where for three months I was locked away in an editing room while trying to follow up with people, while trying to be a producer, while trying to get permissions for locations, for models, for everything. Like you, I learned so much doing that process. And then we released it and it was a huge success for a little bit. And then of course it died down. It was on Amazon Prime, um, iTunes and Google Play. Right. And then eventually I went, Do you know what? I'm, I've got a few things which I mentioned coming. So I've released it for free on my YouTube channel a few months ago. Um, so I, anyone can watch it. Anyone can benefit from it. But I'm also writing a book and creating an app based on what I learned from that film, which I can't say too much about, but it's coming yeah. and it can help just pretty much every freelancer out there. Honestly, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's like a toolkit for freelancers and it will, yeah. I think, completely change how right. people like me that, who literally work on their own will do things. And so would that be a freelancer in any industry that this would apply to? Or, yes. Or specifically, yeah, so any, anyone that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, the aim is for purely at networking for freelancers, so to help them get the work. After they get the job, that's kind of their own yeah. process, whatever they do, because everyone does it different, right? You know, some people have like a project manager. Some people like me just know how to do the job and I don't write it down. I just go and do it, come home and do it. Um, so yeah, it's purely designed to help you get work. And the book is 
Um, it's kind of a refresh of what the movie does, but with everything I've learned since, because it was four, four, five years ago, five years ago, maybe. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be also like a little handbook for fresh graduates, not just for the performing arts industry, but also, you know, for someone who is an individual needing to brand themselves. You yeah. know, so it could be an influencer, Which, it could be all sorts. I was going to say, it's pretty much everybody these days when you look at, you know, <laughs> the society that we live in, whatever you're doing, yeah. even if you're employed by a company and you're, mm. uh, what I've said, you know, even if you traditionally been back yeah. in back office and, and whatnot, you're still a brand to yourself because you're yeah. on LinkedIn, you're doing certain things, yeah. you're saying certain things on social media. So people are looking at you going, hmm. Yeah. If I agree with that, and then your company's looking at you saying, uh, "You can't say don't that, like that. <laughs> if you're yeah. employed by us." And and people don't yeah. realize that they are a brand. And I think it's oh. a really important bit there that you, you you've highlighted that a you're a brand, but b yeah. you are. You, it, it's difficult to a lot of people find it difficult to network. And from what you just said yes. there, it's that that's an integral skill. And I'd like to talk about that, especially in the in yeah. the framework of the UAE, because. Networking in the UK and networking in the UAE, in my opinion, are very, very different. But what's your take on yeah. that? Oh, um, it was a bit of a learning curve for me as well. I feel like there's a lot of similarities. You know, you make connection with someone, like a cold connection, and then you go for a coffee or you meet up on Zoom or you do something. So that is very similar. One thing I didn't think about, well, I did think about it, but I forgot, is my original website when I got here was a picture of me topless like this. <laughs> <laughs> and on first thing on the website. And so I'm sending this website out to all of these companies here. And obviously the culture here is very different. Now, admittedly, there's lots of different cultures here, but you know, the, yep. the culture actually here <laughs> is, you know, probably wouldn't appreciate a half naked guy appearing on their screen at work. Did, didn't even think about it. You know, luckily someone was lovely within the first month to say, Hey, um, you know, you've done a lot. I, we'd love to work with you. Can I give you some advice? So yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, so we got on a meeting. Um, it was on Zoom actually, and you know, he said, maybe change the pictures on your website. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot, you know, because I you don't check your own website. You don't think to go and look at your website until you're ready to update it. So you know, we all make mistakes, but yeah. it was one of those like learning very quickly. And then I have a like a Dropbox folder that I send to everybody. They say, hey, can you send us your stuff? One link done. I don't need to populate it. I just it's there ready to go. God, thirty percent were topless shots from when I used to do fitness modeling. <laughs> so it was a real like I didn't think of that, but then that snowballed into okay, what else am I not thinking? What else am I missing? You know, and so I just I really got clued up then on different cultures and how to behave with different people, and you know what I would perceive as rude is not rude to them, and vice versa. Um, yeah, so it kind of it led me down the rabbit hole of learning about lots of different cultures and. Yeah. I feel like that's really benefited me here, really benefited. Yeah, it, it can only do that, especially given how many cultures mm. are here and different people from that yes. side of things. But it's, like I say, it's, it's a learning curve, not necessarily mistakes, it's just learning of objectives, yeah. you know, as you go through and you're like, oh, yeah. I yeah. talk to kids and, 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 and uh, young people about their online reputation and, and how they're viewed. Mm. And interestingly, I go into schools and a good couple of years ago, it was um, an interesting yeah. exercise looking at the teachers LinkedIn profiles and the pictures that they were using on their LinkedIn profile, much in the same vein as yeah. yours. You know, we, we've got people applying to be teachers yeah. of the children in the UAE and the picture of them on their LinkedIn profile is them in their swimwear drinking a cocktail. And you think, that's not quite appropriate. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but as you said, not not 
actively thinking about that, you think, well, well, what's wrong with that? But then you kind of roll it back and go, oh, yeah, okay, this kind of country, this religion, this background, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And, and it's only when somebody is good enough to consciously point it out to you, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's, thank you, and I'll amend that. Um, as long yeah. as you're open to learning from that side of things. The other it's thing funny because I'm gone. Go, go. Yeah. No, no, go. go. No, <laughs> okay. I was going to say it's funny because I'm actually, I'm writing part of my book at the moment about this exact subject. And I have this conversation a lot because being in the dance world, um, you know, there's lots of beautiful dancers, male and female, and they are incredibly good looking. So they love to show it off on their social media. Now, I believe there's two different ways to do this. You know, there's, like you said, bikini shots and swimwear and all those stuff, which is great. If, but there's the example I give, okay, is let's say this huge brand wants to have you as the face of their brand and they want to pay you a lot of money to be the face of their brand for the next year usage or that sort of thing. They are going to scrutinize every single thing you do. Now, and I don't think this is just the UAE. I no. think this will be a worldwide thing. Um, and if your, your profile is all lots of skin and lots of, you know, revealing, um, in comparison to the other person you might be up against. So let's say Jessica and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Hannah has this really beautiful profile. It's all about dance and they're just showing dancing and, you know, she's not really on a beach in bikini. She's like, look at me. Um, she is going to get picked, whereas that one is not. But they will never know, you know, as as the person selling themselves, the client isn't going to come back to you and say, oh, we didn't pick you because we don't think your Instagram represents our brand. Mm-hmm. You know, or yeah. you said this on Twitter two years ago. Um, let You know, look at the politicians in England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> you know, <it's>, yeah. so <laughs> I'm completely in agreement with this. You've really got to think about where do you want to go? So if you just want to do a certain level of jobs, then this is probably okay. You can carry on doing this level. But if you want to do this job where you can get paid enough money to survive for two years, you, you need to think about what that company is going to want from you and start being like it now rather than waiting for it and then backtracking Yeah, because you won't get the opportunity to backtrack. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so glad that you said it because it's, yeah. it's completely in alignment with the, the stuff that I talk about. Yeah. And it, it, that bit that you don't get the feedback. And the, the, when I'm talking to students, it's like yeah. if you're applying to university, you're not going to get the university coming to you and saying, you know why we didn't let you come in? It's because yeah. of this. They're just going to say no. Yeah. And then you've got to rethink your whole um, yeah. life journey. You think, well, I was pretty much set. I'm going to that university. I've got Yeah, I've got the grades. I've got this. I've got this. And in your yeah. career, I've got all of the experience. I've got this amazing social feed. I look amazing. I should be getting yeah. these jobs. And then you get the no and the rejection, then no explanation. And so, yeah. Hmm, okay. Question everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, again, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just the reality of the world that we live in, right? And so once you know exactly. that, then yeah. you have to adapt and say, yeah. well, if these are the rules of the game, then I need to learn how to play the game. Otherwise, I'm not going to get anywhere, really. Well, yeah, that's, that's, frust- that's the frustration part is I don't agree with it. You shouldn't be judged by something you're doing in your personal life. But the birth of social media has been an amazing thing and an incredibly horrible thing for the whole of society. You know, I think, I don't know the name, the guy that created the constant feed. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's come out and said he regrets it. You know, he said, I wish I didn't create that. It's got people addicted to social media and, you know, it was quite a few years ago. I think just before COVID, actually, I decided I'm not, I'm going to stop scrolling on social media, which is the best thing I ever, ever did. I still catch myself every now and again, of course, because you go, Oh, what's my friend up to? You know? Um, but generally speaking, I put it down. You know, I post on it. I use it for my own branding, my own tools and to get myself out of there. But 
the downside is you are putting yourself online for public. You know, if you want, if you want to hide your stuff, hide your profile. You know, it's, it's, there's an option on there to make it private and only certain people can see it. So you have that option. Um, but yeah, the downside to this, anyone being able to find you now is anyone can find you. Find you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. It's, it's again a double edged sword, especially for those yeah. young people who are aspiring to be dancers, choreographers and so forth, because yeah. they, they, they feel like they need to be seen and they do need to be seen in order to get, yeah. into, you know, they, and, and the, the industry yeah. would say, you know, you can be the next big thing. If, if we see you on YouTube, yeah. we see you on TikTok, you see you on. Yeah. So it, it's encouraging these youngsters to do that. But I think that there, there needs to be a little Gotta bit of it in the right way. Point. Yeah. So look, Yes, you have to do this, but this is how you can do it in, in the, the most appropriate way. And from my perspective, is the safest way so that you don't have these yeah. weirdos accessing you. Because like you said, when you're out yeah. there, you're out there. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, I could so, not agree more. Yeah. You know, because um, when, um, when, I, when I used to run a dance studio, I went through safeguard training and uh, yeah. looking at you know, how to look after your kids, etc. And some of the stuff you learn on that training is quite horrific, like the mm-hmm. things that happen online. And then I look at these young 12 to 14 year old female dancers putting videos out online and okay, you know, you can't control what weirdos are out there, but you can control what type of stuff you put online. Um, so there is that, oh, it's just, it's a very gray area and it's very hard, but social media has created a clickbait culture, um, which I'm sure you've spoken about before. And unfortunately, and this is the horrible part is, when you're showing more skin, you'll get more clicks, you'll get more likes, you'll get more. And they've, they've proven that it creates an endorphin spike, right? It's like when you tick off your to-do list, you get an endorphin spike, yeah. but you also get it when you're getting likes and you're getting these likes yeah. on here. So it creates addiction, it creates obsession, it creates uh, people to do more of the same. Yeah. But like you you know, like we previously spoke, it's not always the best thing to do if you want to have a career in X, Y, and Z. But yeah. they're like, but I'm getting followers, I'm getting this. Yeah, but you're losing out on this. Yeah. You might get less likes, you like, might get less stuff, but you're going to be seen for your talent and you're going to be seen for what you can do. Yeah, I think that it is for a lot of them. It's this this um, inability to see the, the long game. Everything is about yes. now. It's yes, immediate yes. gratification. Oh, I can see mm. my likes going up. My subs are going up. That's now, now, now. Yeah. I want more of that. I want more of that. But as you said, yeah, but what mm. about in three to five years time when you want to be dancing for this organization or you want these kind of jobs with these global yeah. companies? They're yeah. still going to look at this stuff and they're going to go, oh, yeah. you know what? We really want to take you on, but we can't because of what you did here or this image yeah. or that video or what yeah. you said around this subject yeah. can't be associated with our brand. And this comes back to your point of everybody is a brand and everybody should be protecting their brand. And, you know, one yeah. brand is not going to let another brand detract from itself. And that's where yeah. this whole thing comes. It's like, well, you know what? Yeah. You are an amazing dancer. You're an amazing person. We want you on our on, on our team, but we can't. Yeah. And that would be the most frustrating thing to hear ever. You're like, oh, my dream is right yeah. there. And they even said, and I even getting this feedback and it's yeah. right there and they're saying, but I'm not going to get it. And, and it's because of something that, you know, when I look back on it, I didn't need to put that out there. I didn't need to say that. Yeah. I didn't need to have that video. I didn't need to show like that. But at the time, and I look at it, it's like, oh, I've got a thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand likes and all of these comments <laughs> and all of these shares. It was great. And like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's difficult. Yeah, so the, the, the addictiveness of the app, which is, if you've obviously seen on Netflix, they have that film out, which is Social... Dilemma, is it? No. Uh, the, the one that, yeah, the Social Dilemma, no, you're right, um, yeah. um, which I know is designed for you to watch, and I know it's still part of the system, but it raises a good point. They, they, they you know, potentially have teams of people who are 
designing this to try and get you on that app as much as possible, as much as possible. So in my head, I'm like, when you know the app and you're an intelligent person, why do you, you open the app, you open your phone, the first thing you do is click on that app or that app. Why? But there's nothing there to look at other than other people's lives. And then you make a comparison and then it damages your mental health. And then, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, and then it just piles up. Um, you know, like the prime example is I sent you an email to come on your podcast. Yeah. If I'd have said in my email, hi, I'm a criminal. <laughs> hi, I'm this. Hi, I'm this. And that was my brand. You'd be like, no. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> because the brands don't align, you know. So if, if you have a goal and you have, um, I know we're kind of repeating ourselves now. If you have that aspiration, mm. align your brand with whatever that brand is as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, think that's I think it's actually really advice. To repeat that because something that we've tried to do with a lot of our listeners and, and, and what we've seen through mm. our data, a lot of our listeners are people that are thinking about doing their own thing. They're thinking about starting a business. They've just started and so they're in okay. this process. So they're yeah. actually thinking about yourself as a brand in line mm. with whatever brand that you're building as well. Especially in, in you know when you're yeah. a solopreneur, freelancer, you are the brand at the yeah. end of the day. You can have this brand yeah. name and a logo or whatever, but you're the guy or girl turning up to the meetings and, and delivering yeah. whatever it is that you're you're delivering, whatever your product exactly. services. And you've got to think about it from that side of things, which evidently yeah. you do. But again, I think it's a, a point that I wanted yeah. to come back to even when you first moved to the UAE, spent that week sat at your laptop just banging out contacts yeah. and emails and so forth i think that's also a point that a lot of people forget about that oh yeah brendan just came over to the uae and he became this mm. you know got all these jobs and got all of this stuff it's like no no there's this little bit that he said yeah. there that's really really important that's the hard yards yeah. of sat in front of this machine yeah pinging out emails sending out linkedin requests doing all of this yeah. stuff which i think is in line with what you're creating for the future to help people mm. understand how to do all of this because it's i think yes. it's an essential step and it's a step that people often yeah. want to either ignore or jump over yeah. and, and, and think, well, yeah. not, um, you know, Shortcut. UAE is where it's at. As long as I'm there, then things will happen. But actually there's a lot no. of hard work that still needs to go yeah. into making it happen for you, whatever your we line of business is, you know, yeah. it doesn't, not just choreography, yeah. dancing. And still, and still today, I'm still, you know, it's gone quiet now because it's summer. So I'm, I'm back to the computer, hammering out the emails, p- booking the meetings and having, having too much coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah way too much end of the day i'm shaking <laughs> yeah but it's, it's, you know, it's it. what you, yeah. you got to do right is part of your business yeah. as part of your brand is that you, you have to yeah. use your time wisely and when you've got downtime for this it's like you know what you and this i think and maybe you can ha- uh, talk about this a bit when you are your own boss and you're doing it you could yeah. decide you know what today i'm just going to go and sit on the beach and have a break I'm going to do that yeah. and do nothing and that's fine yeah. and you can do that but you also know that by not going and doing what you're supposed to be doing or not supposed to, but we need to do for your business, that after you come back from yeah. the beach, you're going to be like, mm, yeah. okay, I'm not going to go to bed until three o'clock because I'm still going to do all of that stuff and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, I always I always kind of remind myself, and don't get me wrong, there are days where I'm like, I'm having a break. I'm yeah. knackered. I'm exhausted. Right, I'm not so. sleeping because my brain is you know, firing on all cylinders. Um, but I always have this thing, if I know I'm going to work that day, I'm like, someone else is working harder than me. You know, yeah. like I said to my agent many years ago, I'm, I may not be the best at this yet, but I'll outwork anybody. I will do more work than I need to do and I'll learn what I don't know. Yeah. You know, I have a scrapbook in my bag. And it's really funny because every, every uh, notepad I have, because I'm, I'm always sketching for the creative ideas. Um, it's, uh, it says Brendan Hansford, no one cares for your excuses. <laughs> so it just nice. reminds me that I can yeah. make excuses, but no one cares. 
absolutely. I think that's a great mantra to have as well because it just yeah. reminds you, you know what, uh, you know, get on with it and do it. And I think that's that there yeah. is there's a, there's a hard work element. There's a, a work smart element as well. And yeah. I think that that that's very important. But I think that that's mm. uh, that's pretty cool. Um, mantra to have that actually nobody you can balance both smart and hard you're you're good (laughs) yeah yeah definitely definitely (laughs) yeah but it takes it takes hard work to to work smart in some cases yeah you've got to go through the process to go oh you know what that worked but that took me 17 hours to do it is there a way that i could do that in like five and maybe there is yeah well my my other favorite mantra which i say to all my students in dance is make mistakes you'll learn faster a very good one very good. Line. I love that one. You know, I because absolutely love that one. I think this is an important one, especially for people my age when, you know, I'm mid 40s when I was at school, making a mistake was punished. You know? Yes. Yes. And, and so you're like, okay, I don't want to make a mistake because then I get punished. Whereas actually we're yeah. starting to realize that, well, it's, it's, it, yes, it wasn't the correct answer, but rather than a mistake, it's a learning opportunity to say, yes, th- maybe there's a different way that, I could be taught as a person, first of all, and that's something that I also yeah. experienced at school is that when I went from one teacher to another, suddenly the same subject made sense because that teacher was teaching me in a way yeah. that I could understand and I wasn't in yeah. this fear of making a mistake all the time. And I think yeah. there is that. And, and I, I have to catch myself now because it, it's it's one of those um, behaviors that's been built in and that there's yeah. a part of me that's scared of doing something in my business because well, what if what if it, get it wrong you know well what if a customer yeah. doesn't like that or or what and, mm. and, and actually saying well you're never going to know unless you do it and so if yeah. we can do it because from the right point okay it's not not doing it yeah. to make you know from a detrimental yeah. perspective on purpose it's like i'm yeah. trying this to help you and oh, okay it didn't work quite that way but actually there was a couple of nuggets that came out of it that i can utilize yes. i can evolve that into something else and then i can pr- provide a a more appropriate yeah. package for, for what it was you're looking for exactly this yeah. is the continual learning, but I think a lot of people get stuck on this making a mistake thing that I don't want to. Well, I suppose the benefit of being a dancer first is it's literally impossible to become a good dancer without making mistakes. Right. You get shown something, you get it wrong, and you keep doing it, you keep doing it until you get it right. So although we don't say it's a mistake, you know, you just, oh, that's not quite right yet. You know, you need to do this. You need to, or if you're trying to learn how to do turns, you might get half a turn and then three quarters and then you, oh, I've got a full one. And then like, no, we need two. You know, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I suppose the benefits of dance education is you learn that mistakes are actually a good thing. You know, they're, they're a really, really, really good thing because it just, you know, if you throw yourself into it and you fall over, most teachers will be like, yes, you let go. You, you, you really went for it right now. Let's do it because you didn't have your shoulders back. You need to engage your core and all these things. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's that's dance. You know, that's literally dance class every single day, all day. Absolutely. There are a lot of negatives, but that's a positive. <laughs> Definitely, it makes me even just from a very very narrow perspective, make me think. Well, we should all dance then to just get that yeah. mindset to get it wrong. Yeah. And, and get, yeah. you know, and say, yeah. okay, let, let myself go. But then, okay, once you've let yourself go, then you can get the tactics to shoulders yeah. back or all of these things that will help yeah, you. Yeah, do. Yeah. But you've got to let yourself. Get it wrong. <laughs> yes. First of all. Yes. Um, yes. I think that would actually be And that's what I, I find that a lot in like, so um, I don't actually teach any open classes here anymore. Um, I will be opening some again, but the summer, again, it's so quiet, everyone disappears. Um, I, I noticed a difference in my professional class where I'm teaching very hard choreography, but I turn my back and they're all really trying to get it and they're trying to get it looking the way I want it to look. 
Whereas a beginner class, which is generally people who are in nine to five jobs or in, I hate the word normal jobs, but <laughs> not in the entertainment industry. Um, they'll, they'll get it wrong, but stop. And almost you can see them internally beating themselves up, mm. you know? So I think, yeah. So kind of touching on what you said is the mindset difference is crazy from working in a, working for a company where you are punished for getting it wrong as opposed to, oh, great. Now try this. Yeah. Just a yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, same. so so important. It just got me thinking about this because again, I, I love these conversations. Is why when you reached mm. out, I was like, yes, please, can we have this conversation? Because it also <laughs> makes me reflect on yeah. myself and learn yeah. from, from from you, oh, which is the benefit, you know, for, for, for me doing these kind of things. Because I get to speak to yeah. amazing people and go, oh yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, did think of that. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, it, and it's uh, you know back to your point of the universe, and it's something that I'm definitely. Um, exploring more of at the moment in terms of the some of okay. the things that you're saying are resonating with the exact things that i'm personally working through and and and, uh, and trying to deal wow. with for my okay. businesses and whatnot and it's nice yeah. really encouraging because then you start oh okay that's the university pointing out these things again but i think it's yeah. also really important to, to emphasize it for people there are a lot of people uh, my previous guest was a, a, an amazing lady who has what is called an energy fashion brand. And so she's selling wow. kimonos that are charged with positive energy from their gurus in India and whatnot. Okay. And I was like, oh, Incredible. This, this tangent of, of, of what's happening. I'm half English and half Chinese. So I have the whole Asian side of my upbringing yeah. with that side that's becoming my life as well so it's it's really fascinating um to see people coming here making businesses doing things and then how how they view the world and how you view the world and how you're now trying to help Mm. people to view the world to become the people that they want to be and and again that's in direct alignment with what our podcast is about is about sharing it's about sharing yeah. journeys, your journey and, and your your knowledge and professionalism of because you've done so much stuff and again it, 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 do do go and check out Brendan's stuff because when he sent through the email to us and uh, I was looking through it and I was like wow and then I went to the website and it's just gee there's you've done so much stuff that regardless of whatever business that you're in Go and check it out because what you're demonstrating is this ability to look at, uh, uh, you know, something that you're passionate about and then mm. diversify off of that into different areas, which I think is also a very valuable yeah. business uh, approach because yeah. we've seen businesses that have got to focus on one thing or one product. And if that one thing or one product gets taken away, it's the end of the business. Halas, yeah. And done. And <laughs> well, halas, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we need multiple revenue streams, multiple products yes. and so forth, so that we can, we can, if things like COVID come out of the blue and go, right, yeah. shut that all down. And uh, yeah. you're like, oh, hmm, now what? And we, we suffered that, you know, I have a digital business. It got hit hard by COVID. And we thought, okay, mm. we have to diversify. And we moved and we shifted. And it's difficult, but you have to be able to do that because otherwise it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, once that door is closed from a COVID and who knows what's coming yeah. next for, for us when, when it comes to these kind of things, um, being able to yeah. just go, oh, you know what, we're just going to change direction and, and have that flexibility to yeah. do so, I think is really, really yeah. uh, important from that side of things. And everything that you said today has really echoed that. And I'm, I'm very grateful for this conversation, actually, and, and, and what, you're, what you're, you're saying. And also because I think that the two things that I've really taken away also, this idea that you are looking to help people. And I think when you yes. when you're doing something from that place, yes. success will happen. 
because you're, so. you're trying to help people. I, it will. Yeah. I think based on what you've done and how successful you've been already, this will also mm. be successful, perhaps even more so because what you're trying to do is to help help people. And in this world yeah. that we live in right now where there's so much negative stuff, and again, to your point of social media, doom scrolling through this stuff. And if you do that, you're just bombarded with all of the negative content from everywhere mm. and everyone and what's going on. Is that actually you want to try and take yourself out of that and, and focus on yeah. what it is that you're 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 trying to to achieve and focus on your brand, which I think is is again so in, literally I use those words in the sessions I do with my children, the students yeah. I go and speak to. Amazing. Are your brand from this age, yes. you know, eight nine years old? Mm. That that name you've got usually is unique in this part of the world. There's a lot of people with the same name, um, first name and yeah. second name. But then it's, it's the, the angle I go with then is that, so you actually you then need to choose a brand because you want to still stand out because got in to this stand out. digital world, not being able to be yeah. found online is quite a yeah. big red flag as well. If you've got all yeah. this inappropriate stuff out there, that's not good for your brand. But if you're yeah. not there, then... Yeah. why aren't you there why aren't you using some of this technology to leverage yourself because there are so many positives from this stuff that you could put your portfolios out there you could put some of your routines out there you could demonstrate some of the um the the types of dance that you can do why not do that instead of not have anything at all and i I guess it goes back to this idea that some people are saying yeah but if i do that i'm just going to get drawn in and i'm going to end up scrolling 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 and addicted and not focusing on that and again, that's everybody's individual um, journey yeah. and individual decision. But I think that with all of the tools that are available, we, we should, and we, we focus on this with our students, look at the positive use of this. How could you get something out of it? And as you said, Brendan, you put your stuff out yeah. there to promote yourself, which is what they are. They're promotion yes. tools. Those yes. people that are out there saying, look at me, look at me. Somebody said this before. Who was it? Um, somebody quite influential was basically saying and, and he said that oh it was actually it was Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran saying I use you know the Instagram to promote what I'm doing all of these people that are out there taking selfies and so forth they're the ones that are almost crying for help that, mm. that whole mentality um, is look at me look at me look is, is that external validation that's cry for help yeah. that they're doing whereas if you're able to leverage these you can say you know what i have yeah. an amazing skill set i'm an amazing choreographer director and i'm mm. going to show people how i do that yeah. and people are going to see yeah. and go hmm, he is cool. i think we want to employ I him, him. <laughs> yeah, exactly which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that that we, no. we you know from from this podcast perspective is about business and if you're in business then a transaction has to happen transaction means that you get compensation for your skill set and the more mm. of those interactions that you have the more that you can generate and this is what a business is it's not a hobby it's if it was a hobby and you were mm. a philanthropist then yeah fine i'll do it all for free yeah. but you you're doing it to generate wealth to be able to pay for rent pay yeah. for food and enjoy yeah. the life that you want to do and sometimes I think people forget that as well and especially when you're starting out a business because you want to say yes to everything uh, yeah when you know deep down it's probably not something you should not where you want to end up yeah (laughs) Um, but but, uh, yeah i'm I'm gonna put a little caveat in what we're saying just because obviously being an influencer is now a career choice Mm. or well is it a choice we're not sure but it's it's a career now you know you can get paid a lot of money for being an influencer so you can there is there is a caveat to what we're saying but you know just it's on like that, fame you, and yeah, it, it's on. a good point because this is something that I do do bring up is that 
for those people that are influencers are now making a shed load of money as an influencer, what I'd like to see happening is those influencers sharing some of the stuff that they have to go through to get there. Yes. To give a clear picture to those young people of, yeah. well, look, you know, I want to be a, a, a professional YouTuber or an e-gamer. I want to be an influencer on Instagram because she, he makes tons of money. Yeah. They do. But a lot of them don't share some of the hardships that they're going through, the bullying, the trolling, the hatred, the, the stuff, because nobody wants yes. to hear about that. Yes. But if you're a you know, nine, 10 year old aspiring to be that, then I think it's fair. It's only fair for them to really see the full picture. And yeah. then, you know what, if they still make that decision to go for it, then fair play to them. And, and if they're willing yeah. to go through it, then good. But seeing that snapshot of somebody else's life out there, I don't think that's a fair representation for the yeah. next generation coming through to say, look at what you can do. Unless you show them, you know what? This is some of the stuff I have to deal with and it's horrible. Nobody wants yeah. to talk about that, but I want you to know about that so that you can then yeah. make an informed decision that is this yeah. really the career you want to go after? Plus, you know, the 3,000 plus videos they probably created before they got a name for themselves. Yeah. It's a repetition. It's a doing it every day. It's a creation. It's a creation. Create content, 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 content. And then finally, one content goes viral and you're not. But yeah. it's that hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years of slogging, which is exactly the same as a business to get to that point where someone goes, oh, this is an amazing video and it gets shared. And, you know, before you know it, there you have that. But generally speaking, I would say that would come from talent, no? Yeah. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Just just to put it out there, you know, (laughs) you've got to be talented to achieve that. Um, So, yeah, that kind of, yeah, just I wanted to put a caveat in there because, there are influencers out there making a lot of money from being beautiful yeah. and yeah, definitely. all props to them. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but the percentage of the population that will be able to achieve that is the same as becoming a celebrity, becoming famous, becoming this. It's a very, very, very slim chance. You know, if you're thinking about hedging your bets, then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and I'd like yeah. them to have a clear, clear picture on that. But yes. something that you, you've mentioned there is, is and again, that, that whole idea that it takes about five years to be an overnight success of, of constant yes. grafting, grafting, grafting. <laughs> yes, of course. When it comes to, you know, you as Brendan, you, you obviously you've alluded to you, once you get into something, you get into it and you go for it. But what I like to ask yeah. all of our guests is for recommendations of, of, of tools that you utilize yourself to keep you on track. What is it that keeps you? going and, and making sure that you are creating what yeah. you're creating, that you are putting yourself out there, that you are turning yeah. up every time to your job 100%, you know, mm. I'm going to smash this out of the park. What, what would yeah. you, well, is there anything that you would recommend, Brendan, that people check yeah. out? Yeah, um, not check out. I'll tell you what I recommend doing is uh, okay. just start the day right. Get okay. your body, get your brain into the right place to do a lot of work that day. And don't get me wrong, I don't do this every day. Sometimes I'm lazy, sometimes I don't do it. I'm not going to pretend to be one of those people. I do this every day religiously. I don't. You're a human being. <laughs> I'm a human being. But yeah. on the days I do well, I get out of bed. I make a coffee straight away. I make my bed. You know, tick. I've achieved something. The endorphin spike goes off. Um, I'll put on Headspace and do some meditation and try and think about what I need to do that day. I'll go to the gym. I'll eat breakfast. I'll start. Right. By doing all those things beforehand, it gets your body into the mode of working and wanting to work and wanting to create. Um, and I do, I do believe in taking breaks. <laughs> I say work for 19 minutes, take a 20 minute break, half an hour break, go and go out in the sun, go and get some vitamin D. It will just help you go forward, make some food, have a snack, whatever. Um, I think how you start the day is the most important thing for the rest of the day. Um, 
getting sleep is not something I've always done, so I can't recommend that. <laughs> I can't say, get some sleep. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm yeah. a Gemini, so I don't think I ever get more than six hours sleep on a given night. So. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. I, but yeah, that's, that's... Um, you know, I can recommend a million podcasts. Like, um, I've really listened to Stephen Bartlett lately, lately in English. Um, I really I lo- yeah, yeah, I love Stephen yeah. Bartlett. I've been following him for a long time. Yeah. Uh, someone I used to listen to a lot is someone how, oh, names are terrible for me. How he does the, the business skills. He, oh, he's an American guy. He used to be a footballer as in American football. Some Steven, no, not Steve. I want to say, ah, something how it's going to annoy we'll me. Find out. We'll find yeah, out. He's, he's released a couple of books about, um, masculinity and all these, um, toxic masculinity. He released a book on that, which was incredible. Actually, it's good to read. Um, <laughs> recommending books. Uh, Compound <laughs> Effect was great. Slight Edge was great. You know, obviously, if you're starting out, read The Secret. I know a lot of people will shout at me for that, but The Secret led me on to this, 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 this. You know, it got me started on a journey of kind of, you know, the universe, believing in the universe, I think, is believing in self belief, you know, believing mm-hmm. you can do it and drawing it towards you, whether it's real or not. It, something's happening, right? Something's happening, yeah. And this yeah. is it. I was talking to somebody the other day about that. She was my coach, and he was saying, well, even if it is a placebo effect, if you are still then going and doing it, then is it a bad thing? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, agreed, how, how agreed. It, there's, no, there's no negative to it from that side of things. And again, like I said, yeah. some people will say, no, it's just woohoo out there, nonsense, whatever. Yeah. And there's other people that are starting to realize, well, actually, and I'm one of them, that it's, I've always known that, but it's about energy and it is about energy, whether you believe in a, whatever you believe yeah. in is irrelevant. There's an energy out there and, yeah. and how you kind of manage yeah. yourself within that is is definitely yeah. how you move you for, well, forward. Well, one thing I read a long time ago, so please don't ask me who wrote it. It was about vibrations that we actually are physically, our bodies vibrate yeah. and depending on our mood, it vibrates on a different level. So we're actually, the unit, we're attracted to people of the same vibration. So when we're in a good mood, we attract other people in a good mood. When we're miserable, we attract other people who are miserable, hence the saying, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. So I know if you're in a bad place, it's very hard to just go, I'm happy, because mm-hmm. you're not. But you know, understanding that will maybe help you understand why you attract certain people into your life and not maybe the people you want to. So then mm-hmm. you know, change is hard, and this is the biggest advice I'll give to everyone. You are not going to change yourself in a day. You are not going to change your behavior here, there, and everywhere. It's going to take a lot of time. Just little chunking, you know, catch yourself doing it. Remember why you don't want to do that and then try not to do it again. Sorry, that's another thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it's a perfect piece of advice to end this on, Brendan. And I really appreciate your time taking up enough of it from that something. But I think yeah. it's so, so important for people to realize that change yeah. takes time. And and we yeah. often underestimate or we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in, say, one to two years. And actually... Yeah. If we just do consistently this something every day for one year, yes. change, change will happen. Whether that's physical yeah. health, whether it's eating, whether it's business, whatever yeah. it is, every, yeah. something consistently and the change yeah. will happen. So I think yeah. it's invaluable, invaluable. Read Atomic Habits. There you go. There's another one. Atomic Habits. Yeah, that's one that yeah, a couple of course. people yeah. recommended from, from that side yeah, of yeah. things. It's really good. But, um, yeah. yeah. But um, no, thanks, Brenda. Thank you so much no for problems. your time. Thank you for having me on. Great, great conversation. Um, you you know you've you've accomplished so much and there's so much more to come. Hopefully we'll be able to stay in touch. Yeah, and, there's, there's so much more we could talk about as well. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> there is, and I'd like to see um, more about what the um, 
the app and the book that's coming out and and maybe we can talk a bit more yeah once that's out let's, let's do another one yeah let's do another one when it's out around that so uh, that's the, that's awesome so yes thank you very much brendan thank you very much for cool. your time no problem well just a little bit of self-promotion is yep. if there are any businesses out there that need advertising done and creative pitches done for advertising their business that's what i do from beginning to end so if anyone's looking to get a new advertising scheme then give me a shout and let's talk about it Cool. We'll put the details for, for Brendan's website and everything in there so that you can thank get you. in contact with him. Um, and for everybody listening in, thank you very much. As always, if there's anybody that you'd like us to have a chat with, send us an email at wishlist at swanglinese.rocks and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.